TV rots your brains, but podcasts don't. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and I'm joined by... Brenda Fitzpatrick. And making her second appearance as a guest on this podcast, we have brought back, we're very thankful to have her, Taylor Cotter. Thank you guys for having me back, and thank you for <sighs> having me for such a fun movie. Yes, Taylor, uh, Taylor Cotter Bruno. Yeah, say. as soon as yes, true. I, I forgot you're you're married. It doesn't. Matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're still Taylor. You're still Taylor Cotter. That's it. In, uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, we as soon as we picked, uh, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead last week. I think Brendan and I immediately were like, you know who should come back? Best. And we both had the same idea. We both said Taylor Cotter. Yeah. He was strong. No, wait, sorry. <laughs> uh, so last week we talked about Working Girl, and this week, due to a lot of connections, um, but mostly mm-hmm. a uh, woman in the workplace who is working a job that maybe she uh, doesn't have the qualifications to do, also uh, creepy dudes in the office, also time period, um, David Duchovny, all of those connections. We'll be discussing Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Then at the end of the podcast, we will decide on our movie connection for next week based on suggestions sent in from the listeners and ones that we brought as your hosts. Just as a spoiler alert, I am telling you right now, the movie that I'm going to be suggesting is the one that we will most likely be doing because it is the perfect suggestion off of this one. What? No, I have such good suggestions. Come on, dude. I mean, it's just a formality, but really, we're taking, we're going to pick my suggestion. And really, I'll be honest, I actually have the next two picked out, but we'll see. Um. We'll see. It would get so mad at me. The whole point of the podcast. It it would get so mad at me if I did that. And in fact, (laughs) you have rejected it both of the times I have tried to do that. Well, we'll see if we'll see if I can get mine mine through. (laughs) Uh, So yes, we will be spoiling. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Spoiler alert: the babysitter dies. Yep. Early on in the movie. Don't Uh, don't tell mom. Yeah. If you haven't watched it yet, uh, a what are you doing? How have you not seen this movie? But um, we will put a timestamp if you want to skip ahead to when we pick my movie in the latter connection discussion. But if uh, you do want to watch that movie, it is on HBO streaming because it's an HBO movie produced by HBO. HBO produced, yeah. And yeah. HBO did the uh, video store release. It came in 91, had a very short theatrical run and then hit video stores in the summer of 91 or late 91. It was a very big presence it was a uh video store hit as well as a constant on repeat on hbo if you had a cable subscription for hbo you probably saw this movie in 92 93 91 um i know i certainly did at least 50 times because it was on almost every day when i was 11 12 years old taylor what's your history with that movie with um i i saw this movie i can't remember when i was maybe like eight or ten or something like that so late 90s and my mom showed it to me she was like you'll like this movie it's funny um and then um but I honestly as a kid I remember being kind of upset by it like I was like a very anxious kid so like the idea of like the babysitter dying and like my mom not being there was incredibly upsetting to me I really related to that kid when he was like I miss my mom I was like yeah (laughs) like that's terrifying and even like um I I did have I had to fast forward through that little kid falling off the roof I was like this would give me an anxiety attack like thinking about it like so um, yeah uh 
Yeah, so I saw it as a kid and hadn't seen it, hadn't seen it since. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I guess we're just going to get right into this movie. Um, yeah. We can talk about best thing we watched later on in the episode. We've already started talking about it. Um, I, for me, I haven't seen this movie probably in 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I've seen it 50 times like Brendan, but I've seen this movie so much that I basically could have watched this movie with my eyes closed. And wow. I could have told you, it, something would happen. I'd be like, oh, right, this is when this happens. Or um, this is when... Brian ends up being the receptionist's brother, um, uh, right. Carolyn's brother, or the uh, the like high pitched voice assistant, uh, Kathy. Like yeah. I remember her like so vividly, and I was like, I bet you she was in like a ton of movies back in the early '90s, late '80s, and mm. she really wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, like when the you know when when the entertainment system gets delivered, and I'm like, okay, yep, Walter's gonna go climb up onto the roof. And he's going to fall right off and, and break his leg. Like, I just remembered every – of any movie we've watched, I feel like I remembered this movie the best. Maybe Beetlejuice mm-hmm. is the only one that uh, I remembered as well as this movie. Yeah, and I should say that I probably haven't seen this movie since I was like 15, 16 years old. But it's just one of those ones – and we've talked about these before. You know, when HBO really was humming between 90 and 95 – you know, and in the late 80s, there were movies that were constantly on every day, every weekend before there were a million streaming channels. And this was one of them. And probably because HBO owned the rights to it, they could stream it once a day, every day. And this was a favorite of the Fitzpatrick kids, for sure. Um, I know my, my I texted my sister and I told her we were doing this movie and she was very excited. But she unfortunately didn't send me any feedback. But she was like, <laughs> not that excited. Oh, my God, you have to send me. You you have to send me the link when you do it, and I'm like, all right, fine, I will. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I think HBO had the rights to air this, but they did not have the rights to afford like a decent soundtrack because <laughs> all the songs are covers, and they are impossible right. to find any songs that were from this movie. That uh, makes a lot more sense knowing that it's basically a TV movie, like <laughs> that they it never was intended to be something that people saw in the theaters and saw yeah. on video. Um, and that's it's similar. So, uh, you know, Taylor, I'm sure you watch every movie that we cover on this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, we did a movie called The Girl, and that was what got us to Working Girl. And it was about Alfred Hitchcock and just how he was like sleazy uh, with uh, Tippi Hedren and was like obsessed with her. And that was also an HBO movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was sort of a like had that TV movie quality to it. What do you guys think about HBO generally now like i feel like an hbo movie now you're like oh no it's some sort of documentary about like a true crime or like you know or it's a political reenactment yeah it's a political reenactment or or game change and it's Mm -hmm. yeah i i don't think i think about hbo films the way i used to in the late 80s and early 90s now it's much more their peak tv stuff is really what hits home for me as an adult Whereas, you know, I don't I don't know the last HBO movie that wasn't a like documentary miniseries that doesn't count as a movie that I actually watched. Like, didn't they probably, do didn't they do mm-hmm. movies with like uh like Andy Samberg or the Lonely Island guys? I feel like there was like. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't consider those movies because they weren't like two hours long. They were like little specials. Yeah, like, that's, the there was that, the tennis one that was like very short. Yeah, uh, seven days in hell. One. That wasn't really a movie. Yes. Yeah. So that was more like a mockumentary short film, you know. But... Uh, let's see. 
let's take a look at what the last HBO produced movie was. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of them out there. I just don't know what the last one I watched was. Probably. Uh, well, but see, the thing is, is now that with HBO Max, though, they have right. HBO, they have movies that air exclusively on HBO Max, yeah, like American right, Pickle right. and The Witches were both. Um, so maybe they're cool. getting back into it. Like, and I've, sure. I've, I've struggled a little bit with like, and I just, I don't know if you guys, before I left Twitter, I was complaining about how I had an Amazon fire stick and you couldn't mm-hmm. get hbo max on the fire stick oh, so i yes. like bit the bullet a couple weeks ago and bought an apple tv which i was like i can't believe i'm doing this so i can watch hbo max which like what and i'm gonna as soon as, it, you, as soon as you did that hbo max has made a deal with amazon fire sticks <laughs> i know i know i knew it was gonna happen too and i was like but um yeah i'm like I can't believe I'm doing this just so I can like have another streaming service that I scroll through and like <laughs> don't watch. Like, but I was like, so we have the HBO stuff. We have like the Nicole Kidman series and stuff. And then they're like, that's HBO. And then they have stupid stuff. And they're like, that's HBO max. And I'm like, do you right. really think we're going to be drawing like a meaningful difference between no. these things? No. Yeah, no, not at all. And you still can't get HBO Max on on Roku, which is like, and that's the biggest problem. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, But they are going to be debuting Wonder Woman on HBO Max on Christmas Day, the new Wonder Woman movie. Wow. And so I'm hoping that they before then strike a deal with Roku and with. I I guess Amazon might have it. But Apple TV, it was like two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, it was a big investment. Yeah. You can um, sell it on your I, I don't think it's better. Um, I guess I'm boycotting Wonder Woman out of spite then, because if they don't have it ready for Roku, I won't see it. I'm and not, I'm not... Wonder Woman's like a cut above what is on HBO Max. For sure. It, Wonder yeah. Woman is not yeah. an HBO movie. Wonder Woman is, because HBO Max is a... Um, they are collaborating with Warner Brothers. That's yeah. why Wonder Woman is going to be out there. It's not an... Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, we, we started talking about this because we are talking about HBO movies. Wonder Woman is not an HBO movie. Right, uh, right, right, but it's Warner Brothers owns uh, DC. Yeah. So they should have just, just named it something different because it's just yeah. Right. They will. I think they're <laughs> renaming CBS All Access. I, I this we're getting very down the rabbit hole of streaming services. This is all important. Yeah. CBS All Access is going to be called I think uh, Paramount All Access or Viacom All Access. I believe like uh, they're changing Paramount. it from CBS All Access. For yeah, me. that makes sense. Yeah. Um. All right. Anyways, back to uh, <laughs> don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. So I mean, I I think. What I loved about this movie is just like so many iconic scenes, and mm-hmm. I this I laughed out loud so much watching this movie, and I do think because I was uh, texting back and forth with one of our listeners who's a little bit older than me, and he did not grow up watching this movie mm-hmm. and does not have the nostalgia value. And do you think, at least for you guys, was this movie? Did you enjoy it because of nostalgia of remembering watching it as a kid, or did you actually like, think it's a good movie? Taylor, I'll start with you. Um, I, because I don't, I think this is like a micro generation gap that I'm a little younger than you guys. I don't really remember it being on TV that much. I think it was like, I think even like Christina Applegate and like Married with Children, all that stuff is just a teeny bit like older than what I remember being on TV. So I have no nostalgia for this movie, except for my general sort of nostalgia for this sort of style and time period of thing. Mm -hmm. And I freaking loved it. I loved it from an adult perspective. Like, I thought that it was, I can't believe that this is like a poorly received movie. Like, it was, it was 
fun and smart and it had like this great like no nonsense like heroin like I thought it was it's a feminist movie like it it and I thought uh, yeah I thought top to bottom I'm like this should be like a screenwriting book like type movie it's it's that it's that solid yeah, I mean, they, they introduce things that pay off. They introduce characters that pay off throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie, like Brian's character and his clown car and his uh, uniform. It gets into corporate mm-hmm. work life. Um, yeah. I do think, have you seen Working Girl or not? No, I've never seen it. So it does actually, you know, as our movie from last week, and I think it has so many connections to that movie. Um, I actually think I read somewhere maybe brennan you were the one saying it that you felt like it mm-hmm. could be almost a parody of working girl was that you who said uh, that yeah i said that in on gchat last night like to a degree i think it kind of is because it takes a lot of the ideas from working girl as far as like the jealous co-workers and the secretary who all of a sudden has to take over for her boss and gets all this weight put on her even though she's out of her league and not qualified right. and then yeah. you have you know the sleazy co-worker who's trying to both get into get into her and also um and also is dating the boss and we've got he's a lot sleazier obviously than harrison ford is yes. but it is it is the same love tri- triangle dynamic well he's got a little girl. of the kevin spacey character yeah well. so kevin spacey in working yeah. girl plays uh he has one scene where he's uh trying to sexually assault the mm. main character right. of working no, girl no, in the back no. of a limousine mm-hmm. this was back in classic the stuff yeah yeah <laughs> He's a method actor. Yeah, uh, but this is the um, but it is the same general love triangle setup. Um, and then you also have like, you know, random coworkers who all sort of stand out in their own personalities, like uh, like the secretary and like um, David Duchovny's character, who's just this sort of hipstery hipster. He's hipster, not a hipster. Tur- out yeah. straight out of a Talking Heads music video. Okay. Like yes. he's yeah, he's like David Byrne esque, and he's because his suit awful. was so big. Yeah, is that why you're saying his suit that? is so big. Yes, like straight out of a Talking Heads video. Yeah. And, oh man, the yeah. suit. It's fantastic. Um, uh, what was yeah, the point of David Duchovny's character in this movie? Like, it, I feel like him and Gus, the creepy coworker by, played by John Getz. Yeah, this like almost like could have been the same Very character. Similar. I was yeah. wondering, and I had to, like, look, I was like, was this a cameo? Like, was he already I, famous and this was a cameo? But no, this was Yeah, this was, like, the year before X-Files premiered, yeah. yeah. And, and a few years my... before this, he was, when he was in Working Girl, he had a, yeah. it wasn't a cameo, but he had such a bit role, I was looking for him, and I didn't even see him in that movie. He's in the background of a party scene, and that's it. I mean, is my understanding of his role in Working Girl. Um, So my thought was the reason they differentiated the two characters is because they thought it would be maybe they thought it would be awkward if the secretary girl didn't have a boyfriend, and otherwise right. it would seem like a double. What's she doing with her thing. life? Yeah. yeah. So like, I, th- I, I would like give, this movie better. <laughs> so like, they wanted to give her a love interest as well, uh, so that it wouldn't seem like a jealousy thing with Josh Charles and um, Sue Ellen. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? So they um, wanted to, like, distinguish her. Yeah, I don't know. I, I did think it was really funny, and I, I like, wrote out a couple nitpicks of this movie, mm-hmm. but my favorite was when Carolyn, and when Sue Ellen comes into the, the office and things are starting, like, the shit's starting to hit the fans, like, yeah. that really intense music was playing, and Brian is sitting there talking to his sister Carolyn, and he, she's like, 
why don't you just call her? You know, like, why don't you just talk to this girl who's like blowing you off and trying to give, she's trying to give Brian advice. And then Sue Ellen walks in and is staring at them. And Carolyn turns to her and goes, can I help you with something, Sue Ellen? And Brian like doesn't immediately, no re- immediately react because it's like, Sue Ellen is not a popular name. Like if right. somebody said the yeah. name Sue Ellen and it was like the person yeah. I'm obsessed with, I would immediately look. You would immediately turn around. Yeah. And he just, he, he just ignores it. Does he though know that her name is Sue Ellen? Because they call her Swell and she's credited sure. as Swell. Yeah, for, that's like, true. We, you would think like that's not a normal name. Like it yeah. must right. be. It's a nickname. It yeah. must be a nickname yeah. for something. And it's you must nickname. probably ask that really early on. Uh, yeah. But this guy, he didn't ask a lot of questions. Does, so. he, call, does, her does he call her Swell? I see. Yeah. I didn't get the. I, I think they the did call her Swell at so. the restaurant. Oh, the corn dog guy called her Swell? Okay. I think so. I mean. But I no, you're, you're right. Like you would think your sister's talking to anyone. Regardless. Right. <laughs> you might naturally. Right. You turn might turn around. around. Yeah. Especially if the name sounds familiar. Like, that makes me think that Josh Charles probably wasn't in that scene from behind. It was probably a stand-in sitting well, no, there next he to turned. her. He just, he just didn't react for, like, ten right. seconds and gave her enough time that she right. could go escape. Yeah. And then when she escaped, she escaped into Creepy Gus's office. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, same thing. Like, Brian talked about how his sister hates this woman he work, that she works with and is always complaining about her. And you would think that, like, if you're complaining about your coworker, you're usually like, Oh, I really am getting annoyed by my coworker Sue Ellen. And right. again, yeah, like, how many Sue Ellens are there in Los Angeles well, ever at a time? There's probably like, you know, not that many. It's it's not a common name. It's, yeah. Can it's, we talk about how I wasn't sure this was actually set in Los Angeles for most of it? Mostly because Brian is wearing a Baltimore Orioles cap. Oh, uh, yeah, I noticed that too. You know, <laughs> they have fans all over the country. I guess. I guess. Cal Ripken. Ripken. Oh, they point, also yeah. said they lived in the boonies, which I'm like doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I think that's like. the valley. I think where oh, they live. Oh, okay. Valley. Um, the limited knowledge I have of Los Angeles geography, like there is an area where it's far away from LA, like you have to commute into it, but you get a lot more land out there, huh. um, especially probably in '91. So yeah, um, yeah, I assume they live in the valley. Although their house is okay. just a total dump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because they never clean it up. <laughs> but the outside of that, like the shutters are, I mean, and I'm not a homeowner, so, you know, the, the, yeah. like, I don't know, but I would think that you would want, like, your shutters to look nice. I guess it gives them something to do during the montage. But. Well, yeah, talk about uh, when she, man, and I know it was in a moment of, a, a, like, a, an utterance that she's like, my house is really nice. We there. I'm like. <laughs> No, no, you can't. Your house is a shithole. But they did have a big enough yard that they, and they had a pool. pool. Yeah, it really seemed like, oh, like your house is nice. So good for Um, her. I I do love a good, like, painting the fence montage scene. Um, You know, like going back into some of the other movies that we've had, I think Sliding Doors had a montage scene like this where she's like just getting like a makeover and like her life is going great and there's happy music playing. Yeah. Um, I do, I do love that kind of scene in a movie, and I feel like this is like the definition of they've got the, the late '80s, early '90s pop music playing, and they're like right. rolling paint along the walls, and yeah, you know, and the, like mowing the lawn, which it just transforms yeah. the whole house because they do that. Yeah, it's the climactic fixing the place up scene, mm-hmm. and exactly. it happens in so many teen comedies and 
romantic comedies in the late 80s and early 90s. Like, it's it's definitely a staple scene. Like, it has to be, the getting fixed up montage has to be in there if you're going to be a rom-com or teen comedy in the 80s or 90s. It has to, you have to have one. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. It's always uh, fun. So, I mean, there is, I think we should talk about the babysitter, the titular mm-hmm. babysitter uh, yes. who dies. Um, How old is this woman? Poor sweet old lady. 90? Yeah. Yeah. Like 80, 87, 90. Yeah. I mean, and I was also thrown because the mom is only 37. <laughs> I love when that I was like, oh, the mom is only two years older than me and has a teenage <laughs> kid, like kids that are graduating <laughs> high school. And uh, what am I well, doing? Once again, I feel like, moms. what am I doing with my life? Like in, in yeah. Working Girl. The, I don't think you want to be like this mom. I don't right. know. She just goes off to Australia to, whenever she wants. Yeah, go off to Australia for two months and just leave your kids. Like, all right. Well, it did seem like Sue Ellen kind of took the narrative of what her mom was going through and applied it to herself when she made herself the mom to get the job. So it does sound like, you know, that the kids are a product of divorce and, you know, all of that. And they, you know, got married really young, had some kids, and then the guy split. Like, I don't I don't know. It's hard to... I mean, he must not have split that recently because Walter is only probably eight or nine years old, so... That's true, yeah. Um, I like a couple things about this movie that I like about, speaking of that, Brendan, is like, I they kind of half mention the dad, but it's not like the dad shows up at the end as some sort of cliche, and... I something else that uh, you mentioned earlier that I forget now, but it's like there isn't a lot of this sort of, uh, you know, and I think we might get to this, but I'm like, oh, is this movie like prime for a remake? I'm like, there's so much cheap stuff that happens in these type of teen mm-hmm. and kids movies now that I'm like, there would have to be some sort of like romantic undercurrent or like whatever with the mom or some like, and I'm like, this is so much more fun that they're just like, yeah, the dad's gone. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. So- the mom was going to Australia with her boyfriend, I believe. Right. And then so, never, we never meet him or see yeah. him. Right. right? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the mom doesn't really, I mean, the mom is gone until the very end of the movie when she shows back up. Um, I do think it's, you know, the mom's a little irresponsible, probably leaving her kids with some babysitter who is super old and you've never met before. And you're just like, here you go. Here's the keys and here's a bunch of money well, and take care of my kids for two months. I'll, I'll tell you this as a, as a person who had a single mom, from the from a very young age was raised as by a single mom along with three other siblings anytime my mom could get a vacation with some guy for a weekend and this I, that really came out wrong but she took it, <laughs> it's not and us, she would it? hire she would hire the weirdest craziest anybody she could find to babysit us and like have a good time by herself for a weekend if she needed a break like it this totally made sense to me as someone who was raised by a single mother who had other siblings. We were hellions. So but I totally relate to she didn't leave, all the kids. But your mom didn't leave you alone right. for two months, for an entire summer with a woman. No, no, not not for an entire summer well, with a, a babysitter, a but it, two weeks, sure. You know? I was like, I mean, uh, and you watch the beginning of this movie, and I do think when you're like, whoa she's only 37 like she needs a vacation (laughs) like i'm okay with it i'm okay with it i do think it raises an eyebrow but it's easy enough to say 
Yeah, I get it. So if she's 37, it, it's just one of those where I'm like, oh man, I'm almost the same age as the mom, and where's the Fair don't enough. tell mom babysitter's dead. And right. but if she's 37, her daughter's 17, so she had Sue Ellen when she was 20. I mean that right. that makes sense. That yeah. works. Um, I, I did I did wonder if the um Kenny's room, Kenny's like a uh, death metal mm. room, satanic room, is what killed the babysitter because she goes in there. And she's so scared by what she sees and like the, the metal playing and the, the posters on the wall, the like the naked girls with like things covering their nipples and things like that. Like I was like, I was like, A, she should have paid attention to the biohazard sign before she walked in there. <laughs> and B, did that give her a heart attack? And that's why she died. That's I a mean, good I, note. It probably is. Yeah, I think that's the implication. But at the same time, the movie wants to keep it light enough that they won't, don't want us to think too hard about it. Just babysitter shows up, babysitter is horrified, babysitter dies, kids drive the babysitter to a crematorium, <laughs> leave her there, <laughs> and then and then the movie starts. It's yes. it's and, and that was what I was gonna mention earlier that I can't yeah. remember, which is like the whole premise of the movie. Yeah. It's sort of like something crazy happens, but like. We never mention it again. Like, we oh, don't worry about it. It's very And, like, everything <laughs> after that point in the movie mm-hmm. is incredibly logical. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, this is kind of what, like, uh, like, short of, you know, calling the police and your mom and, like, having, like, like, it's kind of what a normal person would do. And I, I, I like that. Like, I like that how grounded it is. Yeah, they're like, okay, we need money, so I'll right. get a job. As, yeah. a kind of as opposed to Home Alone, which obviously, like, everyone loves and it's good, but it's like, there are things in that you're like, okay, like, that's cute, that's precocious, like, mm-hmm. but it's not grounded in, like, reality. Like, and so I, I, I wonder happy. if you like, could almost home- say this is the reverse Home Alone, because yeah. Home Alone yeah. has the yeah. logical stuff happen at the beginning. For the yeah. most part, you're like watching Kevin throughout the movie and he's, you know, getting himself pizza. He's going grocery shopping. And then the last chunk of the movie is the fantastical stuff where the the wet bandits are trying to rob the house and he's he's sets all the traps for him. This the kind of fantastical stuff is that the babysitter dies. They're handling a dead body. They're putting it on a skateboard. They're taking it to the more the mortuary. And then it becomes more of a logical movie until the yeah. fashion show at That's the end. Fair. Yeah. And even with that, I think um, with Home Alone, it's not even logical in a lot of it where there's no way that cops aren't coming to the house and busting down the door to find the kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that the cop knocks on the door, jiggles the handle, says, guess nobody's home, when they've told him he's there. Like, there's no way that that happens. It, so, I'm not on Twitter yeah. anymore, but like a fun thing would be like, <laughs> a cab and then you could post that picture of the cop from right so if you guys can have that joke for free (laughs) (laughs) um Um, yeah well anyways this isn't this isn't a podcast about home alone Uh, (laughs) this is a podcast about don't come home when i looked at the wikipedia page it was like compared unfavorably to home alone and i'm like this is just as solid as home alone and you not as much into it but it's solid Part of the part of the reason it's compared to Home Alone is it came out the summer after, mm. and so I mean Home Alone was only released in August of ninety I think Zach or mm. September of ninety, uh, and this is around Christmas time. Yeah, and this is less than a year later, 
So I understand it being seen as like taking advantage of Home Alone and probably why it didn't make as much money because it was a much uh, one of our listeners wrote in or somebody wrote on Letterboxd and I thought this made sense to me. It's basically if Home Alone was written by the writers of Roseanne. I've never watched because that. it's much dirtier and darker and more realistic than a fluffy sitcom like Home Alone. You know what I mean? Um, so, it, yeah, it's basically because, I mean, and that makes sense why you would cast like, um, what's her name? Christian Applegate from um, Married with Children, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But was she in Married with Children at this point? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, so could this movie, so Taylor, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but Die Hard with a Vengeance, the third movie in the Die Hard series, was originally written as just like a random action movie. And then the people who, the producers of Die Hard acquired it and they rewrote it to make it Die Hard 3. And originally it was just going to be a movie called Simon Says. It was a, just a a movie about a, a guy trying to stop a terrorist. Would, if this movie, they realized when they were making this movie, the success of Home Alone should this movie have been Home Alone 2? And instead of Home Alone 2 being about Kevin McAllister going through the same thing that he went through in Home Alone 1, but in New York, Home Alone 2 is Home Alone, but it's more kids Home Alone, and they're Home Alone for a different reason. That is kind of where they got later in the Home Alone like franchise, too, right? right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I think they might have gone about the right way, because I think the hook of Home Alone is... Macaulay Culkin yeah. and like he's cute he uh, he's funny everyone likes him mm-hmm. um and I think you can't do it again without him and I think him like him just getting into antics is is the hook um that's why Home I, what I would yeah. wonder is Home Alone's big big hit do they get like a bunch of writers in a room and it's like someone needs to come up with a girl version of Home Alone or something right. like that, and then mm-hmm. they or get like this. Home Alone: The Next Generation. Yeah, like Home, like Alone working, Home Alone for teenagers. Working girl. Yeah, yeah Home so. Alone for teenagers is really what this is, yeah. because Home Alone is for kids, admittedly. Home Alone, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, is for kids who are a little too old to really love Home Alone at the time it came out. It's yeah, what's for, the ideal you know, age teenagers. for this take? enjoy this movie 13 is it like 15? 13 yeah years old 13, or so? 13 to 16 because you can relate to the older characters i would say 13 to 16 yeah. if you were thir- that age around 1991 and right, now I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 to yeah. 47 <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone and, uh, a 16 year old now would watch this and no for sure i mean interesting. at that time yeah and i yeah. think that was the idea and i think that, that it's also now for anyone who has nostalgia for being around the ages of Kenny and Sue Ellen at that time in their lives. You know, now this is a movie people who grew up with it are probably now showing to their kids as they get to be the age of these characters, I think, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I was, so 91, I was six, but I don't think mm-hmm. I saw this when it came, first came out. I think I first saw it at my cousin's house. Um, and I think they had it on VHS and I think oh. we watched it a bunch. Um, so, you know, the other thing, you know, then we, after the, the babysitter dies, then we get into everything with the clown dog and, um, what a terrible place to work that clown dog, <laughs> I, 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 that, that water that she's cleaning the dishes with, which is oh. like fat in grease all mixed with the water. It just was, I was actually eating dinner while I was watching this movie yeah. and that scene, I was like, oh God, this is, was a terrible decision. Um, 
the and the boss there, the yeah. uh could have been Marv from the web from the weapon. He index. could have been what's his name from uh Silicon Valley. Oh, uh TJ yeah, what is that? TJ, TJ, TJ Miller. TJ Miller, yeah. That's yeah. who you remind me of. Yeah. I, I did love that Sue Ellen's like there were some lines in this that I did not understand as a kid and mm. as an adult I picked up on. Uh, Sue Ellen asks, "Did he just finish reading Dianetics, which is the Scientology book?" <laughs> wow. I was, like, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah." Busy. Yeah, because he's because so, he's like talking about putting a smile on his face. So maybe we should right. go to the master next week because of. Uh, <laughs> I love that she was like, I don't freaking want to work here like i love that she like yeah. came to she's like i'm not gonna do this so, i'm like, better than this i'm better than I, this and yes. like i know that's such a uh you know that's probably a very uh, upper class white woman way to think about <laughs> that kind of job right but i feel like for her to just be like no like i i i'm i'm not gonna do this and yeah. i'm not gonna be treated this way i was like great like that like, was my first sort of being like yeah like she is a solid she knows what she wants like she's ambitious she's, yeah, yeah yeah and she's totally, she's capable too she's yeah, able it's to totally to understandable for someone that age as well i mean it it makes sense like you know for a 17 year old 18 year old to try to get a job the only job you can get because you don't have the experience you need is a shitty job that you know you're gonna hate but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to settle for it yeah and i really like that i mean that's an important lesson i think you know um it doesn't mean you should go out and fake your resume and try to get a <laughs> job as an executive assistant, but you well, know, it's much it, harder to, it, it, is, it is much harder to fake your resume now. You'd have to fake your Wikipedia, or your Wikipedia, your LinkedIn page yeah. as well. If you're going to yeah. do that, good luck with that. Create a whole network. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that boss is, is really terrible. And I just wrote down yeah. on my notes, like, fuck that boss. Like he, the guy, he's like, you know what you're missing you need to smile. I was just like, mm. that guy just drove me absolutely nuts. Um, so, so, you know, then she, then she moves on. She gets hired by the, uh, SAW, GAW, um, G-A-W, yeah. yeah, which seems like a very like upscale fashion enterprise until mm. again, not something I picked up on as a kid, but like, no, they just make uniforms. Mm-hmm. Like, they're yeah. not, this it's isn't not, like, this yeah. isn't high fashion, like, yeah. Uh, they're making school uniforms and uniforms for stewardesses or flight attendants. Yeah. Like, I guess. Um, I I, I really like, as soon as she walked in there, I was like, Oh yeah. Carolyn, that receptionist, she, she's the worst. I like, could just completely mm -hmm. go back to that. Um, so I think, I think we did talk a little bit about it, but there are just like such good characters. Um, there's like the terrible evil character, Gus, there's Rose, uh, Carolyn, David Duchovny's character, and then there's Gus down in the in the sweatshop as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so can I can I ask you guys if you are you before we move too much into the fashion part of it, um, were you are you guys charmed by Josh Charles in this movie? No, I think Do you find a- him charming. No, no. no? <laughs> I mean, you don't I find mean- his doofiness charming. To some extent, but I wish he just had a little bit of, like, an interesting streak to him. Like, he just seems kind of like, I think he's, he's a, he's a cute guy, but they're never, you know, they're never going to laugh. He's so comfortable in his, in his uh, job and she's, she's shooting for the stars. I don't know. Except they do have that discussion down by the water 
where he's talking about oceanography and he says, I don't know if oceanography is what I want to do with my life, which uh, he doesn't want to be this marine biologist, apparently. Um, and they're talking about how it, it's hard that you have to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life at 18 years old. And I do actually think of the messages in that in this movie, that is the one that resonated the most with me. Because it is hard when you're a high school senior and they say, okay, you're 18 years old. What do you, you know, you're going to go to college and what are you going to major and decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life yeah. at 18 years old? And you don't know. You haven't experienced the world. You've been at home. So, yeah, I, I think I would hate his character more if he had it all figured out and was like, I'm only working at the clown dog so I can go to Yale or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have it all figured out, but he's still, you can see the potential that he's probably going to be okay. Because he's comfortable enough in his own skin and has the confidence that he's probably going to be fine. You know, so you don't worry about him working at the clown dog the rest of his life. I don't, you know, and yeah. I, I I do like, and I guess maybe part of it is I find Josh Charles charming as an actor. And that may come from sports night influence and seeing him in other things. I like Josh Charles a lot. Um, and I, I, I think that he really works. Um and I think that he and Christian Applegate both had really good chemistry as well. Is he smarmy in sports? Like, I think I've only really seen him in things where he's kind of like an evil smarmy guy. He's a little smarmy in sports night, but that's yeah. kind of the idea because they're based off of uh, the ESPN sports. sports yeah. Accounts. So what else is Josh Charles in besides sports night? Uh, good Wife. And he did a long yeah. uh, stint on the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt yeah. at the end. And oh, he was? Who was he on the, oh, he was the boyfriend or whatever. Who owned, that, right? uh, he, um, no, he was the, he owned the Washington Redskins. No. He was like, yeah, one of those guys. I, I uh, only watched the first couple seasons of that. Yeah. Show, so. And like most things, I probably know him best from an episode of Law and Order that I watched like 500 <laughs> times. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's just kind of a doofus. Like, especially at the end, I was mm-hmm. just like, come on, Brian. Like, when he's driving and you see all those cars oh, parked right, in yeah. Sue Ellen's house, and he keeps driving with the damn clown music playing, and it's like, okay, there's obviously something going on here. And it's, like, the nighttime. Like, turn off your clown music. And that was when I was just like, this guy's, like, not very smart at all. Um, also, apparently his family is terrible. Like, do you want you want, do you want want Carolyn to be your sister-in-law, Sue mm-hmm. Ellen? Do you want to stay with her? No, I was like, oh, brother, that's going to get complicated pretty fast. Yeah. Um, I, I did like the Chuck E. Cheese scene when they're celebrating when Sue Ellen gets her job. Uh, $37,000, which I guess that's, I mean, that's, that's good for a teenager. pretty good. And also pretty good for 1991, I feel like. That was yeah. like. Is there an inflation calculator? There probably yeah, is. I think that is. would probably be like 55 now, maybe. That's going to be my guess. Um, let's see. So I did, I mean, when she gets her, when she gets her paycheck and she's like, they took half for taxes. I was like, oh, this is such like a Reagan era. Yeah, that movie. sounds about right. They're, they're complaining about <laughs> no, that, taxes. That, how realistic. That sounds about right. Who is so, FICA? Yeah. <laughs> Why does he have half my money? Whoa. So, okay. So this is an inflation calculator. So I don't know if this is okay. the same as what we want, but yeah. this, infl- yeah. this uh, usinflationcalculator.com. In 1991, $37,000 is $70,736 in 2020. I, executive assistant, that's... That's, that's a good... That's yeah. pretty freaking good, actually, yeah. Yeah, that's like... Oh, she was doing a lot of a lot of important work, so... Or delegating she, she a lot. Had a math, uh, yeah, and she said she had a master's degree and stuff, so I'm mm-hmm. like, that's good for her. Gotta get those QED yeah. reports. Yeah. 
she she went to Vassar, which I think is like the second time I've heard somebody talk about Vassar in like the last <laughs> couple days. Mm. I don't know why Vassar is in the universe mm-hmm. right now. Can't tell um, you where Vassar is. It's in like so, New York, I think. Yeah. Do you think that when they go to lunch, so then she goes to lunch with Gus, um, mm. and they don't card her. Do you think they should have card? Like, I know she doesn't look that young, but no. But, no. Not if she's there with somebody who's obviously a regular, like Gus. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say no. I think if you're at, like, like an, a fancy executive place, even if she was, like, 17, they probably want to get 17-year-olds drunk at, like, some Although, executive, like, lunch place. And the and moment she would... asks for a little bit of both wet and dry martini, then then they should have carded her. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's when you card her. I mean, but that's, so I don't drink a lot of martinis, but that's just what kind of vermouth. Yeah, I think so. Right. But yeah, like you, you could mix sweet and dry vermouth and it might not taste. I don't know. I've, I've never made anything with both, but <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's like a funny thing. But it, in, I feel like that joke is done a lot in movies where it's like, I, I can't think of any other One examples. One beer, please, or something like yeah, that. Well, yeah. Or they're like, do you want like chunky or cre- I don't know. I can't think of a good example of it. Well, but it's, I feel it's like a James Bond thing, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, dry, well, dry. shake and not spur. Yeah, dry, shake sure, and yeah. not spur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the most egregious mistake that someone could make when ordering a drink. It's not, and, but it was a joke that he ordered a white wine spritzer. Which, after, yeah, which... Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's like that's like Gus going to going to lunch and he's like, "What do you want for lunch? You know, what do you want to drink?" It's like that's like a white claw. It's like <laughs> you're an executive in the fashion yeah. industry. Sounds about right. Truly, yeah. Um, also, the amount of like the sexual harassment from Gus is so over the top and terrible yeah. and blatant. Like it is. I mean, I guess it it is probably like not that uncommon, especially at the time. But he's just like, you know, next thing you know, we could be sharing a cigarette in postcoital bliss, and she's like wait, what? And he's like, oh, n- nothing. I'm not talking about anything in particular. It's just, like, such bad gaslighting. I have to say, I thought that was, like, pretty realistic. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but I think, like, m- when people are doing that stuff, like, they're so focused on, like, plausible deniability that it, like, that sort of, like, hey, like, I'm just joking. Like, and if anyone asks you, like, that was a joke. And, like, let me say it in, like, kind of a weird way so that, like, you're the one interpreting it. I was mm-hmm. like, whoa. Like, I felt like this is, like, a very, uh, like, accurate sort of way, I think, that someone would come on to someone in the office, which is, like, enough so that, like, if they weren't happy with it, they could really back mm-hmm. out. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I bought it. I bought this laziness, mm-hmm. right? Well, and he did, I mean, he did yeah. do a lot. Every time he would say something, he would just kind of, like, He'd be like, well, no, I'm not. I don't mean anything. Or I'm joking. It was. No. I mean, it was yep. just like typical gaslighting, which we did see some of that in, uh, in Working Girl, and then the movie we did mm-hmm. before that, The Girl. Also, this is like the third movie in a row we've had of like workplace creepy sexual harassment. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, a couple other like very over the top sexual lines in this, not only from Gus but also from Rose, where uh, she mm-hmm. says every girl over twenty five should have a cucumber in the house. That was funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh I, so I, hard. That was another one where, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, it's because they're gonna put cucumbers on their eyes. <laughs> yeah, and then it's, yeah. Then it's all, like, oh, that is not what she means at all. <laughs> uh, or when Rose comes back from vacation and she says, "Have you ever had a forty eight hour orgasm?" <laughs> Just like. <laughs> Uh, poor Rose. She's so obsessed with Gus, and Gus is... Uh, I know. Yeah. Rose. I liked Rose a lot, though. She was a good character. Yeah, she was good. Um, How did she not realize the roses were, weren't for her? I mean, or were for her. Like, I mean, well, I don't think there was a name on the card. Oh, uh, that's true. 
It was just on. It was on the envelope. That's how. But her name is Rose. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm right on top of that, Rose. So is that, that, so there, that, that line and the dishes are done, I feel like, are the two yeah. like iconic lines from this movie, which is why I didn't use them for our intro. Um, which one do you think has like is the more iconic line from this movie? I think, I, as far as I know, I've seen more gifts, gift usage of I'm right on top of that, Rose. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely have used, probably used the dishes are done more in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I do the dishes, I kind of think of that line. <laughs> There's a big logical flaw with the dishes are done, and that is that, yes, you took care of the dishes, but now they're destroyed, and you don't have any yeah. dishes in the house because you shot well, them yeah. all. Well, yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, then you had to go out and buy new dishes for the big party, so, mm. you know. There, there is the point where Suelan says, where are all the dishes? And so right. it is a nice callback to the fact yeah, that you destroyed the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, which do you use more in your everyday life? The dishes I, are done, or I'm right on top of that rose? I guess just by virtue of living, the dishes are done. Uh, but I, I, this is not, I, I am looking forward to the part of my life where I'm quoting this movie in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I have so far. Well, well, there's also the couple other lines for this you could say. All right, you little maggots, it's time to go over the rules. That was what, uh, <laughs> and TV rots your brains, which I do like. I should, probably should have said it the way that the babies oh. have TV rots your brains. Is what she the, said. Other, the other favorite one of mine is when the second time the mom calls and Kenny's like, yeah, Mrs. Stresnick, she's not here. She went to the yarn store. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, was <laughs> that one really got me really, really well as well. Um, yeah, I feel like we haven't really talked about anybody else in the family. So there's there's yeah. Sue Ellen, there's yeah. Kenny, who's the second yeah. oldest. I guess Kenny is probably like 16, 15. He's like a year or two younger than yeah, Sue Ellen. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Um, and he just smokes a ton of pot and listens to heavy metal music because he's the devil kid um, who finds himself. Every family needs one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then there's Zach, who I identified with. Uh, for obvious reasons yes and he's the romantic so him and uh what was his girlfriend's name claudia um mm, no but i can't remember what yeah. it was yeah um walter although walter's the youngest uh before yeah, walter there's Alyssa, who's the jock yeah. and she she's tomboy. the yeah tomboy she, she played she plays uh softball and uh and then we have walter who's just like mike the mike tv of this movie basically mm-hmm. correct yeah yeah i feel like this movie heavily influenced the characters they created for Step by Step. I can see that. They all remind me of Step by Step characters. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they all have the different personalities, mm. and, and, and a lot of different shows in the '90s that used this formula for sure. When when there were multiple kids involved, it's a, every that's show a huge I feel family, like though. every I mean, show I feel like had to have a tomboy. Yeah, there's a movie called, oh my god, Big Girls Don't Cry. I don't know mm. if you guys remember that movie. It was kind of very much in this style. And the main girl that movie reminded me a lot of the sister, Melissa. It was all about like this brown-haired ponytail girl mm. and her brothers and sisters. And I was like, man, to see this movie from Melissa's point of view. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, they could have really told this movie from other, although I don't know if anybody else's point of view would be that interesting, um, because the rest of them just kind of sat around all day, (laughs) Sue Ellen actually went out and got the job, thanks to that Mama Celeste pizza, the fate of that pizza, (laughs) determining. Um, and, uh, and then, so then we have the big, you know, the big finale of this episode after, after Walter hurts his leg, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Sue Ellen thinks that they're going to lose the job because, 
um, it was just that the the company hated the designs or the kids at the school. Kids they burn don't want to wear uniforms. Yeah, kids yeah. don't want to wear uniforms until they become cool uniforms. I do think that the uniforms that they come up with for the fashion show actually kind of hold up. Like they do look mm. like they're very fluorescent, but they look nice. I like them. They're very much like if you want to use Clueless, like just a few years later, yep. those girls, they're dressed in all sorts of weird bellhop look exactly uniforms. like that. Yeah. 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 So sure. she was right. Yeah. Um, and when Nicole is going down the stage and Nicole is my favorite of all of them because mm-hmm. she's like doing this weird dance where her feet are going like in and out and she's yeah. just like, it's, it's so silly, but it, everybody is just like gawking at Nicole. <laughs> um, like it wasn't, it wasn't just Gus who's creepy in that office. Everybody in the audience <laughs> as well is, is just gawking at her. <laughs> and, uh, then, uh, you know, before then we have Gus again, once again, trying to come on to, to Sue Ellen and that's when she does the squirt gun trick where she shoots him in the um she shoots him in the pants with the squirt gun which is also Rose... how they use the Windex was with the mm-hmm. squirt gun. Yeah, I was trying to think that yeah yeah and Rose, Rose handles that scene really well like they they play it like she's a strong independent woman and she's like yeah screw you dude she doesn't yeah. like get upset about it like I thought that was really well done mm-hmm. um, yeah I will say yeah. we're talking a lot about you know, like just how how we thought this movie was pretty well written. And I did yeah. check the uh, letterbox profiles for both writers of this movie. And I don't know if they wrote TV, but Neil mm-hmm. Landau, one of the writers, he wrote a whole bunch of movies in the Tad series. So there's Tad, The Lost Explorer. Okay. Um, and a movie called Capture the Flag. And that's it. And then the other writer, Tara wow. uh, Eisen, didn't write anything. So the writers of this movie didn't go on to do anything else. Uh, the director, I think, did make he made Bill and Ted's. He made, yeah, we'll so he made a lot that. of yeah, he yeah. made a lot of uh, big '90s movies. 90s so movies. I wonder if maybe these could be pseudonyms since they haven't done a ton. Because there have been writers known to um, use pseudonyms when they don't want to have their name put on a film. Uh, um, HBO like TV he, movie. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, so oh, some, Neil Landau. No, he's an American screenwriter. Uh, he wrote some books. He also wrote episodes of uh, Melrose Place, which I kind of this sense. definitely has kind of a Melrose Place vibe to it. Okay. Uh, Doogie Howser, Secret World of Alex Mack, and Undressed okay. on TV. Oh, These man. completely make sense for this guy. Okay, great. Uh, that tracks. So I don't know. I don't know about Tara Eisen. Uh, but I bet she has a Wikipedia. Young and the she has a Wikipedia page, so she's a real person. She seems yeah. like a real. Um, academic type so yeah it looks like she's written a lot of books yeah he's also a writer on the young and the wrestles oh nice yeah this this movie isn't particularly soapy although i i do feel like the the office sleaziness scenes were like straight out of melrose place Um, yeah i think you could you could have probably probably attributed to that to both um and then the other line that I like towards the end of the movie, so, you know, the mom comes home, she catches them, you're a big trouble young lady. But uh, I liked when she's like, Walter, I can't believe Walter, like, what happened? He broke his leg, whatever. And, and Walter says, I get excellent medical coverage. And that just made yeah, me laugh. Yeah, we have I'm excellent like, medical coverage. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where is, you know, what is this, Obamacare back in 91? What is your medical right. coverage, kid? Um, and, uh, the, you know, this movie does have some kind of weird, like, I guess it's not really weird for the time, but there is like some mm. transphobia in this movie. Uh, At the very end, yeah, yeah. right? I well, that, but then also earlier in the movie, the babysitter's car gets stolen, and they're like, oh, it's drag queens, the stolen yeah. car. It's like, a group it's, of drag queens led Liza by Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Um, yeah. 
And that, uh, like, that, I thought, it, yes, it does, it makes the drag queens into criminals, but they were also, like, fun. I had hoped they would, were going to show up at the party or something. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, never really came back. again, that's like, after all this, all you've lied to me, you're not really a man. I was like, yeah, that's, that doesn't I work. mean, relax, this movie John was Charles. What? Yeah. Well, this movie is like two two years before Ace Ventura, though, so it's not like yeah. this wasn't. It's right around kind of normal. Yeah. Back then. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was not. Uh, yeah. It just shows me where you know where that Josh Charles guy's priorities were. Right. Yeah. Like, there you relax, go. dude. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I do think too that there was um there was just some great '90s stuff in this, like Banaka that Bruce mm-hmm. uses. Bruce sprays the Taylor. Do you even remember Banaka? No. Oh my God, Banaka was. Yeah. I had. I remember as a kid, I got Banaka. It was like basically liquid, uh, like a liquid breath mint that you would yeah. spray in your mouth. Um, okay. It's like, like that, in, in like Dumb that, and Dumber. He uses yeah, it. And he sprays spray. it out. Yeah. Like yeah. before, like people go on a date or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah it's a breath spray to make your breath fresh. Um, so that you're like, not like chewing gum. Right. Gotcha. It was just one of those good member berries. So. Um, and I do think as a kid, too, this movie taught me about petty cash. I did not know what petty yeah. cash was. Petty cash and, and is I, a real plot point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, the petty cash is. I liked as, you know, uh, the details of kind of just like office work. And like, I really actually thought it captured the anxiety of like anyone starting a new job Absolutely. really, really well. That you're just like, I don't know where anything is. And yep. some for some reason, no one will help me. <laughs> Like, yeah, and the first time I tried to use a fax machine, total, totally understand this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's terrible. No, I do, th- I do think that's yeah. that the idea of like starting a new job, especially when it's your first job, mm-hmm. and you just get there and it's like, okay, it's your first day. Like, Good here's luck. a pile of stuff to do, and you're just like, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel like a fraud. Like, and, right. um, and Sue Ellen handles it pretty well. Yeah, and especially uh, this is like really early days of computers. Like, this is 1991. <laughs> Like, computer data entry and reporting off of computer was not very good at that point. And very unless hard you're to do. Kathy. Kathy very, yeah, unless you're Kathy. Very yeah, I hope Kathy get the job at the end of the I hope day. She yeah, yeah, you too. Uh, but I, uh, Kathy, don't go to work when you're sick. You, that's yeah, the thing we learned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, She walked into the office sick. Don't do that. Stay home. Or at least please. wear a mask. Wear a mask. Uh, yeah. Kathy goes into work sick, and Rose eats some candy off the floor. Those are the two, those are the two <laughs> like... You know, movie. The way you watch movies has changed in 2020. You notice those things now. You're like, oh god. So, yeah. uh, all right. I have one more discussion question on this. But did you guys have anything else you wanted to make sure we hit? Um, did we do justice to the fashion show scene? Did you guys have any anything else that you really liked about the fashion show or the montage? So I really like the way um Kenny's character develops and sort of finally decides to like clean up his act and help cut his hair. Her. And cut his hair and become a chef. Like, I really thought that was cool. That was um, good. That was yeah. a fun thing. And he gets the date with Nicole after. And, you know, I thought that was all really well done. Um, if not a little rushed, it was still pretty well done. Like, you could get it. You know, you could understand <laughs> it. And, you know, I, you, you definitely hope that he does go on to uh, actually go back to classes and graduate. You know, but I thought that was all really well done with Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that, it, especially as we're talking about, like, the characters saying how they don't know what they didn't want to do with their life, and it does seem mm-hmm. like Kenny figured out, like, he likes cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So. I, I I like that. I liked Kenny a lot. I love the scene where they were arguing like they were husband and wife. Yeah. I, yeah. That. <laughs> I, I like, and again, like, I like that they do that stuff and don't necessarily call attention to it. Mm-hmm. They were just like, this is like a healthy argument between two people living together, like trying to take care of their family. Like it was, exactly. it was good. Yeah. Yeah. They do really, both of them grow up to become uh, the father and mother for this family. Yeah, yeah. And, and more so, I mean, we don't know much about this mom, but the fact that the mom is just going to leave them for two months, like it does in the house is kind of disheveled when she leaves. Like maybe she's just not that involved. And so, you know, that they, that they do step up to the plate is a nice development for them as characters. Mm-hmm. We're going to really dive in. Um, I, I will say, to, to defend the mom a little bit, we had a chore chart growing up with four kids, and chores, re, you know, re- Yeah, there's something on the chore. And rotated. Let me, let me finish my thought, Zachary. <laughs> it was hell to get us to make sure that we did all every week for our mother. And it took a lot of bribery, and a lot of things didn't happen until the very last second such as taking out the trash or raking leaves or doing the dishes. And sometimes it wouldn't happen at all and we would get in trouble. Like, I mean, that house being a wreck because there are five kids make. That's fair. And the fact that the mom is trying and failing to get them to clean it also completely relatable. I think, I think the lesson is less. She was an absent mom, which it was more that, these kids were ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> and like, they, they needed to, they needed to have a kick in the butt to like yeah. help out, help out their mom. And had they Honey. been not as terrible, like she, they maybe never would have been in this situation in the first place. But, uh, yeah. And like, I think, <laughs> yeah, I think like, if you want the lesson is like, you have to like, help around the house yeah. like i felt like that was the real the lesson is don't be a little shit to your <laughs> mom That's clean up I, guess, your yeah, I guess I, sh- I shouldn't blame the single mother of five <laughs> yes yeah, exactly. i should blame the five kids that are ungrateful little brats and that like steal <laughs> petty cash from their sister <laughs> yeah. to be like and buy an entertainment so. center yeah uh, i love <laughs> that the entertainment center came with like 20 blank vhs tapes like those <laughs> tapes like, oh, you could record so many episodes of tv so. yes yeah. All right. <laughs> well, my final discussion question that I have is who is the worst person in this movie? Because there are a lot of candidates. Oh, yeah. So here's the candidates I wrote down. There's the babysitter. There's the clown boss who read Dianetics. There's <laughs> Carolyn, the secretary. There's Gus, the sexual harasser. And I believe that is it. I guess I, you could throw the mom in there, but we're not going to throw David Coveney in there. Yeah, um, but he was like harmless. He was just like a he's just a ball. douche. He's just a douche. He was just a douche. Uh, I I think Gus unequivocally the worst. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. yeah. The rest had m- motive, like uh, like or you know, but yeah, I think uh, the rest can be explained by misunderstanding. I think yeah. it's definitely Gus. Um, I think the clown boss has sexual harasser upside. We don't know what the clown <laughs> boss was doing, and uh, he was was awful. So yes, Gus was bad. Gus is never gonna learn his lesson. Gus has probably like went on to produce movies in Hollywood, but. Okay. Uh, the the boss of the clown dog place was just he was the worst. I was like, I, he just made me so mad. <laughs> um, all right, well let's get into feedback that we got from people. Um, and see, I know I think we are sort of our listeners were kind of split on this movie. Um, but kind of looking over it, it might be an age thing. Uh, so let's see. So Jeff wrote in and he said, it really was a silly movie. 
I actually wondered how someone proposes an idea for a movie like this and it gets sold. It's not even remotely realistic at any point. It really wasn't funny. I thought it was a dud. What mother leaves her kids for a summer with some woman they don't know and she doesn't know? These kids are crazy brats and the house is a disaster. Her getting the job she gets is so ridiculous it isn't funny. I guess that's what it was made for teens back then when it was released. Uh, I guess maybe they could have liked it. I know I didn't. 2.0, 2.0, and I feel like I'm being generous. Boo. Listen, Jeff, we just went over not blaming the mother. <laughs> but So, I mean, and I, I did ask Jeff. He didn't answer. So Jeff has daughters that are uh, probably the same age as Taylor and yeah. around Taylor's age. And I would be curious if they feel the same way about the movies he does, because I would imagine they probably like this movie more. <laughs> uh, and Jeff doesn't just blame the mother. He blames the kids as well. He calls them brats. So. Uh, Molly, who was our guest last week for the episode on Working Girl, yeah, said, I think this movie works because it's so nuts and over the top. You can't mm-hmm. question the believability and say that couldn't happen. You just have to go with it. Love the well, insane fashion. Would you unless say? You're unless you're Jeff. Unless you're Jeff, yes. Uh, she said she loves the insane fashion show and, of course, David Coveney. Maybe Sue Ellen did a better job taking care of the family than her mother. Three stars for Molly. Sorry, is my opinion that this movie is. A, great, and B, realistic. <laughs> Completely off point. <laughs> I think that is a really grounded film. You know what? You are, everybody's welcome for their opinion. Uh, <laughs> yep. So Olin said, couldn't get access to this movie overseas. Uh, can't get too much information for links, but we'll go for the two below. Uh, that is uh, that is just his connection. So uh, sorry you couldn't get access, Olin. We'll stop picking HBO movies because apparently you can't get them in Ireland. Um, okay, I guess the I guess the listeners aren't really that split. Kyle says two out of five. So Kyle is my coworker, uh, and uh, he says, uh, "How random was the Liza Minnelli drag queen stealing the car scene? Uh, I wonder if that was supposed to be more of a coda, um, meaning like something at the end of the movie." Sorry, can yeah. scenes not be random, Kyle? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, how, when you see a drag queen in real life, aren't you like? Oh, that's random. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> Especially for, it was it was very like I mean that is a good way to describe Especially it. Especially when it's um, Liza Minnelli, Marilyn Monroe, and I don't recall who the third one was. But wasn't yeah. one actually wasn't one of the women actually Liza Minnelli? No. It sure looked like her. It was a very good costume. That's what drag queens are good at. Yeah. That makes her a very good drag queen. All good right. job. And uh, finally, Jim said, uh, I'm giving Don't Tell the Babysitter, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dad a two. I didn't find it funny, and I didn't care about any of the characters. All of the adults were stupid, and I didn't care about any of the characters. I did like uh, some of the music, but it doesn't have to be one of those late 80s movies. uh, But it does have to be one of the most late 80s movies from 1991 in existence. (laughs) My brother's friend group screams, the brother's friend group screams poison groupies. And the whole feel of the movie seems a few years off. I didn't think it was poison. I don't. I don't remember what bands were the. Uh, the I thought it was band. much more grunge. They were. They like were totally about to get into Nirvana in like right after this movie. I think that was like really hardcore. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, so our listeners were three twos and a three. Uh, the three was our high. Uh, was our high score. So I think what does that give us? Like a two point two five. Two point two five. Yeah. Um. And we didn't do connections to uh, other movies, so we will do that after we get into our ratings and uh, scores. So, Taylor, as the guest, and do not be influenced by any of our listeners. You uh, you be independent and give whatever you want. Uh, so, this movie, so, as you guys, 
as the loyal listeners know, aka the people that listened to me the last time I was on this <laughs> podcast, uh, I, prestige, no. Taste, no. These are things that mean nothing to me. <laughs> what I care about is fun. I like to have a good time. I like to laugh. I like characters. I like things that really are just so seeped in their time period and like with such a narrow point of view that nothing else in the world influences them. And I, I truly love this movie. Like I, like I, like I said, I saw it when I was a kid. It did not make a big impact, but I knew I loved it. Like I just like, and when Zach texted me about doing this movie, I was like, yeah, of course, because it's... I think your response is actually yes, in all caps, with a bunch of exclamation points. Yeah, like, I was like, Christina Applegate, she's fun and cool. She's mm-hmm. fun and cool throughout the whole movie. She's a great, like, uh, main character to follow. There's a bunch of quirky side characters. The plot is tight. The, like, reveal... Oh, I love, love, love. This was my favorite part of the movie. That she figures out that it's the brother that her boyfriend is Carolyn's brother. It doesn't need to be said. It doesn't need to be some big whoa, 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 whoa reveal at the end. She there's one clue. She's like, okay, I got it. I like, I don't need to worry about this again. And that's what I mean when I say it's realistic. Like so many movies, they trick you into thinking that people are stupid and that like, that everything needs to be some sort of big reveal of the truth. And I think that this movie is so like you're following people that are making good decisions with the information that they have. And I like that a lot. So this is, this is a five, a five for me for sure. Like I just don't, for me personally, like I don't have like anything that I would, like, uh, are there teeny tiny nitpicks in the writing? Sure. But, like, this is a TV movie from 1991, and I think it's a top-tier TV movie from 1991. Like, it, that's as good as it's going to get. Live your truth, Taylor. Live yeah. your truth. It's got to take swings. So. Yeah. Um, no, and I do think, like, you know, uh, like on the Rewatchables podcast, for example, they often mm. say, like, one for you guys, one for us. Like, today they just released a Rewatchables on the movie 8mm, which, like, yeah. I don't think very many people remember. And Bill Simmons was like, this is one for us. And I do feel like, uh, based on the listener feedback, I guess, John Tom Mama This is one for us. Was one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll get into is, mine. This is a I'll rewatchable into, for us. Yeah. yeah. I'll get into mine okay. next, Brendan. You can close do us it. out. Um, so I'm not going to give it a five. Um, but I do think this movie is a lot better than 2.25. Um, so I'm going to give it a 3.5, um, which is the same that I gave Working Girl last week. Um, I think this is actually like 3.51, so like just slightly ahead of Working Girl. Uh, performances of Working Girl were better, but I do agree with what Taylor said. Like This movie is more smartly written than people give it credit for, and it's a lot of fun. I, I legit was laughing at things in this movie that were not just things that were funny when I was a kid. Um, and it is still an iconic movie from when I was a kid. Um just you know it's it is uh this should have been home alone too i will i am gonna go with that (laughs) take this is home alone with a vengeance so okay so 3.5 from you five from taylor here's the thing like does this movie hold up and is it rewatchable yes is this a movie i would show to my kids 
where I have kids someday. <laughs> I was going to say yes. what? <laughs> where I where I have kids someday? Yeah, probably because this is a movie that I know I loved, you know, growing up that I watched as I said numerous times with my siblings. Um there's just something charming about this movie that it knows what it is and it's not trying to be anything more than what it is, which is just a fun movie that is a little edgier than Home Alone for kids that were too old for Home Alone when it came out, you know, and I think it works really well for what it's trying to do. I think the performances are really great. The writing is holds up in some areas, maybe a couple of tweaks here and there could be done, but I think it still holds up writing wise. It, as, uh, as we talked about, it still holds up a lot of the way things would actually happen in a situation like this, as far as, being forced to go get a job, what be, what working in office for the first time is like, et cetera. Um, I, I thought it also depicted what a bunch of shitty kids do to their mother and their house when <laughs> they're raised by a single parent. Um, that all tracked for me. Um, yeah, I think I'm somewhere between you guys. Um, I don't think that this is – what did I give Working Girl? I gave Working Girl a four. I don't think this is as good as Working Girl, but I also think it's slightly better than what Zach gave it. So I'm going to give it a 3.75, and I think that's going to help us average out. Yeah, let's, let's average those listeners out. To a 3.5 for IMDb. Letterboxd. Um, or Letterboxd, yeah. Brennan, you raised a question that now I have for Taylor, because you said you would show your non-existent kids this movie. Taylor has an existent daughter. Uh, at what age would you show Violet this movie? <sighs> hard hard to say. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I, I only have a concept of how old she is now and the ages that she's been, but, like, I don't know. You could watch this movie in, like, fifth grade, right? Yeah. I think because like, the stuff that's kind of adult in it is going to go over your head. You yeah. just have to be able to grasp the concept of death, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Poor sweet old lady. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we didn't talk about is the bookends of this movie. So it opens with like a very weird like credits uh, like cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which yeah. the voice of that is Dan Castellana. Huh? Really? Oh, from uh, the Simpsons. Yeah, from The Simpsons. Nice. And then it ends with the guys who work at the mortuary burying this sweet old lady, and they love her because she left them, like, a couple hundred dollars worth of cash. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was that was a nice, like, closing scene as well. Yeah, I like that. I like that scene. All right. Um, okay, well, let's get into connections to other movies that we've talked about. Um, of course, Taylor, you were here for when we talked about Happy Death Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know you've seen Happy Death Day in terms of movies that <laughs> that we've covered yeah. um for working girl brennan what do you got for connections to working girl uh so you know as we talked about at the beginning um the fact that they're both working as assistants to a boss that uh may or may not um undermining them but then in each movie it works out differently for them um and a boss who wears a lot of red as well. and a boss boss with big hair who wears a lot of pet suits mm-hmm. um then the, you know, just the shitty coworkers around them and the overly helpful um, assistants they have. Um, just a lot of a lot of the office stuff tracks. Uh, office foil. fraud as well. Yeah. So office fraud. Cash, um, there, was fraud, there was lies and working girl. Yeah. Foiled, foiled ideas to make a company better <laughs> that are foiled by a jealous coworker is what I wrote down um, for both 
Uh, as well as, you know, the sexual harassment, the um, shitty, shitty boyfriends, you know, with John Getz and with um, Alec Baldwin and Matt. Um, you know, I'm not sure yeah. what else for Working Girl. Uh, soundtracks. Solid soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it does. It, it just like it. it is similar to Working Girl in terms of mm-hmm. like, you know, first first big, uh, big break in the white collar world. So mm-hmm. um, other connections that I wrote down, not just with Working Girl, the beach date with the slow synthy music that could have been straight out of either Top Gun or mm-hmm. Point Break. Yeah, um, that scene. And then John Getz, who you mentioned, he was in The Fly. Mm-hmm. um as well he i think he looks completely different in this movie than he does in the film yeah for sure he's um, a little beefier in that yeah yeah uh it has like a he had the beard in the fly as well mm-hmm. um and i think a couple other of the actors in this movie were in had small roles in movies that we talked about already um i think the actress and i'm just checking i think the actress who played nicole has a small role in once upon a time in hollywood i think i okay. saw and um, we talked about duchovny um yes david duchovny was in both yep. um Let's see if I can get anything really quick on this. Uh, let's see. What do we get? No, nothing's coming up, of course. No, um, nothing's coming up yet. But, um, yeah, we – yeah, I didn't write any down. Um, yeah, so uh, Danielle Danielle Harris, who mm-hmm. plays um, – I don't remember who she played in. Uh, oh, Danielle Harris was was Melissa in Don't Tell Mama mm-hmm. Babysitter's Dead. Okay. She was the sister. So she She's is been also. In a lot of movies. She was also yeah. in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's in a lot of the Halloween movies, the Halloween oh, sequels, okay. right as well. Um, and uh, let's see, a couple. Of, I should have written these down instead of having to scroll through. So um, yeah, there were a couple other that I think I I think the guy who plays Kenny was in another movie that we talked about. Um, yes, I believe. Um, and he's also they, yeah. Go ahead. The the character the actor who plays. Um, who plays Zach, unfortunately, he passed away in 2000, I did Oh, say. that's sad. Yeah, so uh, at like 24 years old of a drug yeah, overdose. Yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, like the first trivia I am on IMDb is like they had to mm-hmm. cut a bunch of scenes in, from the movie because he was so like strung out. And I was like... Oh, really? Really? Yeah, I was like, he was like a 10-year-old like 12. kid. Yeah, because yeah, he doesn't... Yeah. He didn't have much of a plot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, except for the scene with his, uh, his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So Christopher Petit, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's the guy who played Zach. Uh, okay. He was also in Point Break, which was also 1991. Oh, yeah, he was well. the younger kid in the, on the beach. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. his character in Point Break is named 15. So, yeah, um, yeah, there were some there were some casting connections. And then, of course, this being an HBO movie connects it back to the girl as mm-hmm. well. Um, and the montage is like sliding doors. I feel like there was there a montage in Groundhog Day. Or not? Yeah, kind of right because they go like yeah, because they do all the yeah. yeah yeah. There's so, a ton of montages. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Most movies we're gonna cover are gonna have a montage mm-hmm. of some sort. That's true. We do like our montages. Yeah. So. I mean, surfing montage. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's get on to connections for next yes. week. The movie we're gonna be watching next week. I did make the proclamation that one of mine is the one that's gonna be get picked. Um, but I will say, I, I wonder if mine will come up from other people. I think it is sort of an obvious connection. I just think it's a good one to do. So, um, we'll see. Once we do pick our movie for next week, uh, you can, uh, send in your feedback and ratings and next movie connection from that. You can send it to us at ladder movie on Twitter or the movie ladder at gmail.com is how you can email that feedback in and your next movie connection. 
So we'll start off with connections from each of our listeners and see what they have to say. Uh, so Jeff wrote in, he said, Dead Poet Society for Josh Charles, who plays mm-hmm. the boyfriend. And also Adventures in Babysitting. Said similar theme to Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, but this one's done better. Um, it also I, has the same actor. Keith Keith Coogan, who plays Kenny, is one of the kids in, Doctor, in Adventures in Babysitting. So, And I've actually never seen Adventures in Babysitting. Uh, at yeah. least not all the way. I've seen parts of it. Uh, I haven't seen it all the way through. Um, also, our friend Rob, um, I was texting him about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he said Adventures in Babysitting because he always confuses it with yeah, uh, Don't Tell Mom the Dead. Yep. So... Uh, Molly said Anchorman, Legend of Ron Burgundy, because Christina Applegate. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would add to that Christina Applegate in a workplace could be mm-hmm. the connection there. Um, and harassment, workplace harassment. Yeah, and Ellen harassment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. we could just we just keep doing movies about uh, Yeah, maybe they should become the harassment ladder. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Uh, God help us all. <laughs> Molly noticed, uh, or Molly said, Hand That Rocks the Cradle for the babysitter or nanny that ends up dead. Um that's a movie that Spoiler, I feel like had a very scary alert. preview, yeah. and I never wanted to see that because it just looked very scary to me. Yeah. Um, and then she said, thank you for smoking. And she said, did anyone else notice all of the smoking in the office? That seemed more yep. dated than the clothes. I did pick up on everybody is smoking all the time. Rose is constantly smoking in this movie. Like, yeah. she lights a cigarette. The scene cuts from her. It comes back to her, and she's lighting another cigarette. Yes. It's like, oh, <laughs> um, Yeah, I, the thing – so I've never been a smoker – but the thing yeah. that really grosses me out is when people smoke cigarettes like at meals. Oh um, um, yeah, no. It used to be so commonplace. It's yeah, crazy. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just it. Uh, it's uh, it, it's just like make. I feel like your food would taste yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Olin said, "Going the distance" from 2010, comedy with a strong comedic case, starring new girl guest star Justin Long and Drew Barrymore. It was a bit of a flop. Quite enjoyed it myself. Um, I don't know what the connection. The oh, connection. the connect. Oh, there's the connection. Christina Applegate plays the elder sister in that oh. movie. Um, and uh, the other one is another link that he had. A movie we've talked about a lot. That is 1990s yeah. Home Alone. Child left at home without adult supervision. And uh, Kyle's suggestion. He said just to note, his three movies are all the same director, Christopher Columbus or Chris Columbus, I guess is who that is, uh, who turned down directing this movie. Oh, Chris Columbus turned down directing this movie. That's a good bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some Home Alone-like drama yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. So his three are Adventures in Babysitting, Home Alone, um, and uh, he said, is it too early for a Christmas movie? No, because next week's episode will be released after Thanksgiving, and it's not too Good early point. for a Christmas movie. Uh, and Mrs. Doubtfire, so all of those are Chris Columbus. And then he also suggested Big. He said, don't tell mom Babysitter's Dead is basically Working Girl plus Big. I agree. Um, and Risky Business is the last one. Yep, so. Uh, this was he said this is the movie that inspired the premise for Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I didn't realize that. Um, okay. Risky Business is another one I'm not sure if I've seen. Oh, yeah, Risky Business is about a teenager who's left home alone for the summer, and he starts his own. He tries to like become an adult by starting. And that's own. the movie where he slides across the floor with, it the, is. with yeah. the shirt on. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then Jim's suggestion is Sixteen Candles. Uh, teenage female-led romantic comedy starring notable caper featuring notable capers and um his he said as a bonus uh marius Con- constant has soundtrack credits on both don't tell mom and 16 candles huh nice well, the soundtrack for don't tell mom is impossible to find so nice well zach do you want to do your personal connections first or last 
Um, Taylor, you, you, why don't you go first as the guest? Yeah. Okay. Um, I had the movie The Assistant. It's a new movie on ah, Hulu. Yes. That's come up uh, the last couple weeks. Yeah. Definitely uh, in the, uh, and also Bombshell. Those are two sexual harassment movies. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that you could. Have you uh, seen person- Bombshell? Yes, I didn't really like it that much. I actually thought it was pretty good. I think I, I'm like in the very small minority of people. I like those types of movies. Like I like, um, you know, The Big Short and The Founder and Vice. that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, Vice. But this one, it didn't hit just because, like, I don't, you know, it's hard when it's Gretchen Carlson. Uh, yeah. Um, this one I'm proud of. Uh, Boss Baby. I thought it was good. she was kind of a boss baby figure as a 17-year-old in the office. I thought that was good. I also had Anchorman. Yeah. Um, this one I like, um, Into the Blue 2, which is the movie that Parvati and Amanda Kimmel are in, <laughs> which is directed by the same guy as this movie. Wow. Really? That same, That's amazing. Same, same yeah. it was directed by, uh, what's his name, Stephen Herrick. Um, uh, do you think we would be the first podcast to cover into the blue two, or do you think another podcast? I think it might maybe Survivor Oz is covered. Yeah. So, um, and uh, Dead Poet Society uh, mm-hmm. has a young Josh Charles as well, and then I said uh, Zoolander, which has a David Duchovny cap. Yeah, yeah, and is about the fashion industry. There you go. There you go. Did I, did I hit on your Zach or? Uh, no, you did not. Okay. Actually, I have one that I think, one movie that, that I don't think anybody's ever talked about. Um, another yeah. that, yeah, we'll, we'll okay. get to it. Brendan, yeah. Brendan, why don't you All go right. next? And I'll, uh, I'll we'll go next. So. I have a few in here. Um, a few of them have been mentioned already. A few of them have been mentioned on previous episodes. Uh, once again, a difficult boss at a fashion industry. We might as well throw out Devil Wears Prada again. Every week, Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one I have is a um, Josh Charles movie that I've never seen. Um, that came out a few years ago, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. That's uh, maybe I have to say my least favorite movie of all time. So if you guys do watch it, I am so compelled by what you what you have to say about it because I thought it was one of the most back. garbage things I've ever seen in my life, and it really stuck with me. Um, so the, well, I would, we would have to have you back then. So <laughs> I guess so. so I haven't you could seen talk to us about stuff. it. You could oh, give yeah. the, you could give the, the sides of giving a five to one movie and a zero <laughs> to one movie. It'd be great. Right? Yeah. So there's a few other that I, that I wanted to throw out that I wasn't sure if I would or not, but I'll get to them in a second. Um, based on Christina Applegate and it getting close to Christmas, I wanted to throw out Bad Mom's Christmas 2. See, I thought about that as well, but I've never seen Bad Moms 1 or Bad Moms okay. Christmas 1. So. I think I get, well, I can give a teeny tiny bit of insight. I have seen okay. Bad Moms. Bad Moms uh, is a basically one-to-one Mean Girls ripoff. It's oh, like, yeah, so it's oh, fun well, to watch that. from that angle. <laughs> um, I ha- I started to watch Bad Moms Christmas just yesterday, I think, and it was rough <laughs> and i i i quit uh but yes well, Chris, but it's there and it's on netflix and it's right at the top of the list well maybe i can save myself with my final pick which is probably my only com- non-complete garbage pick on here <laughs> um that is so when there's the scene where zach is um 
having a little date in the car with his girlfriend, and the song that's playing is As Time Goes By from the movie Casablanca. <laughs> and I figured um, there there's a love triangle in this movie, and it features prominent use of the song As Time Goes By, so that is a reason enough to throw out Casablanca as a connection. I, I think it would be and hilarious your, to go from this movie to Casablanca. Your picks aren't garbage, Brendan. They just... <laughs> that you picked are <laughs> not garbage. much. Not you say it. Say hey, it. I picked Boss Baby, so what Welcome do I to know? the garbage ladder. Yeah, it's, it's fun. No, it's fun to pick movies um, that are... Uh, yeah. Yes. This isn't... Um, a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, the Way Way Back. Uh, what is the connection there? That he goes and has to get a job during the summer? Uh, summer coming of age film, yeah. Uh, Dazed and Confused was a uh, honorable mention for me, and the Mel Gibson movie Forever Young, which has the same kid that plays Walter. Um, there you go. And I feel like that movie probably has like a Cynthia running on the beach romantic scene. In it. I'm sure it does. Yeah. I'm sure it does. It's a time travel movie. It's oh, a man time, time movie. movie. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. Nice. All right. Well, let's see uh, what I've got. So. Yeah. Um, honorable mention, I did write down Anchorman, which has already been brought up a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, another movie that I will put on my list is uh, Fish Out of Water, Girl in the Workplace movie. We can just continue on that. That's 13 going on 30. So that's basically Jennifer Garner and Big, essentially. Um, and then I have two movies here. I have two movies here. Uh, one is – I'm not going to yet reveal the one that I think we're going to pick, uh, although I will say it's already been mentioned which because it's not surprising. Uh, it's, it's been mentioned a lot on this podcast. Uh, but one is a movie that I want to shout out, and I don't even know if anybody's ever seen this movie. It is called Madhouse. It's from right around the same time as this movie, and it's about these people who just keep having house guests who keep showing up. They have family members that keep staying with them, and the house just turns into a total disaster. And the, the house in this movie being a disaster is what reminded me of that. Uh, but also the cartoonish intro to okay. this also mm-hmm. reminded me of this. Oh, um, I was going to add to my list, sorry, Troop Beverly Hills also has a cartoon intro. Troop Beverly Hills, all right. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I've seen that, but then I looked it up and I'm like, that's definitely like a movie I would have gotten at Blockbuster. Yeah. Madhouse. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's definitely one that we rented a lot. Um, so this is from 1990. It would not surprise me if there's some casting connections between these two movies um, or, you know, like a, a producer or writer. Um, I don't know how um, easy it would be to find this movie. Oh, it's on Stars. OK. Yeah, I've yeah. definitely seen this movie. John Marquette, yeah. Kirstie yeah. Alley. Yeah. Uh, the house just turns into like it, it just like madness ensues. Like the, the name Madhouse is the perfect name for this movie. Um and we can, you know, we can put a little attention on Kirstie Alley, and I think Kirstie Alley needs a little more attention these days. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, Madhouse, and then uh, the final movie, which is the one that I said, oh, this is the one we're gonna do because tis the season. This is the movie that was basically the like spiritual sequel to Home Alone. Is uh, don't tell mom babysitter's dead. So I do think we should do Home Alone. We can kick off the Christmas season with Home Alone. I know a ton of podcasts have already done Home Alone one a few years ago and then one like a few weeks ago. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think it'd be fun to, to rewatch Home Alone. And I do think there's a, a fun connection off of Home Alone that we could do for the next week. And it is not Home Alone 2. Interesting. Yeah. So. Um, it's the good son, isn't it? It's not the good son. Can I just, I'll just tell you what I think the connection off of Home Alone should be? So yeah. I think that we could even do this as our like double feature that we've talked about, maybe doing two episodes in a week. 
um, if we wanted to. So we do we do Home Alone and then we do Goodfellas because both have Joe Pesci from the same year. And I believe Goodfellas has like a Christmas scene in it, too. It does. It does. I have. So if I can make a recommendation as I'm not, you know, I'm not the producer <laughs> of your podcast, but uh, not yet. I would say do them both at once. And then you have like a more unique angle than doing a Home Alone podcast and the Goodfellas podcast, both of which have been sort of done. Yeah, a lot of people have talked about movies. Um, And then you don't spoil the most fun part of your podcast, which is picking the next movie. Right. Right. (laughs) But that would be my hesitation. That would be my hesitation in picking Home Alone is to not have some sort of unique angle behind it. Right. I think I think if we do it, we need to have some sort of unique angle behind it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I and I do think like so you know if if you are looking for a Home Alone podcast, there are two other ones: one on Rob as a podcast and one on the Rewatchables mm-hmm. that are both pretty good. Um. And but I do think it would be fun to do Home Alone. Um. I think and I guess we could see because we haven't even decided what we're gonna do yet. But um, I do think there's just so many connections between Don't Tom on the Babysitters and Home Alone. But I do get that hesitation, and that was my initial hesitation as well, though. Like. Mm-hmm. It's already been done a bunch. Um, so maybe yeah. we won't pick it. Who knows? So You should do what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anything, we're going to bring our own unique angle to anything we talk about. So it's Correct. I don't think it's that big of a deal. All yeah. right, so the movies that we have to choose from, so we each choose one to go into the finals, and I will read them off again. We have Dead Poet Society, Adventures in Babysitting, Adventures in Babysitting again, Anchorman, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Thank you for smoking, going the distance, home alone, adventures and babysitting again, home alone again, Mrs. Doubtfire, big, risky business, 16 candles, the assistant, bombshell, baby boss, Zoolander, into the blue two, anchorman again, uh, what was the one you just said, Taylor? Troop Beverly Hills. Troop Beverly Hills, uh, the devil wears Prada. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, Bad Bombs Christmas, Casablanca, 13 Going on 30, Madhouse, and finally, Home Alone. All right, so since I went last, I get to go first. And um, let's do Adventures in Babysitting. That makes sense. That's a good connection. It was it was nominated a whole bunch of times. so. Yep. It makes sense. It's got a cast connection. It's got a babysitting connection. It's a misadventure. Yeah. Is there any sexual harassment in the workplace in that movie? Yes, actually, there is. Oh, good. All right. Then, it, then it's eligible to be used. Um, yeah, and that's all. I only nominated that because I can't nominate any of my own movies. Right. Yeah. Um, all right, Brendan. Oh, boy. All right. What am I going to do here? Um, and it, this may be an offline discussion further. I do think that we should do Home Alone and I want to nominate it, but I only want to nominate it if we're going to do something special with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I will, I will put Home Alone up, but I think that we need to figure out whether it's through a poll we put up of like, we asked the listeners, should we do Home Alone by itself or should we pair it with Goodfellas? And if they say in the next couple of days we should pair it with Goodfellas, we do it as a double podcast and release so it. So my my concern with that is twofold. One is that Goodfellas is a pretty long movie, so this is a lot of time that people have to watch. You know, this is over holiday weekend, which some people are off, but some people are traveling, some people are doing family stuff. So it's a lot of time to have to watch both movies. 
And I also think it's hard to communicate. Like, I don't know if everybody's going to check Twitter. Some people don't have Twitter. 90% of the people that are going to listen to this have already seen both of these movies. Both movies. Probably a lot. Yeah. That's true. Maybe I'm giving people. It may not matter. Yeah. Um, The other option is to go with something you haven't seen and go with um, Risky Business. Box Baby. (laughs) No, I think we would have fun talking about Risky Business. We love Tom Cruise on this podcast. Um, I think we would have fun talking about risky business. Maybe. <laughs> Up to you. This is your pick, but I'm I'm trying to put Kill my thumb him. on the scale here. I, think we, I don't think we need a gimmick to do Home Alone. All right, fine. Let let Home Alone stand there. I mean, we'll you, you, you're your own man. So, Be independent. No, 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 it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. I'm happy to talk Home Alone all by itself. I just didn't want to put the pressure on Taylor to have to choose a Home Alone as well. No. Right. The pressure was on from the beginning. I'm going to pick yeah, Home exactly. Alone. Um, if it's okay. your podcast, is what you want to do. I definitely, I agree that there's probably, here's what I don't want you guys to talk about when you're talking about Home Alone. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, what would be the real medical damage to the wet bandits? Like, these kind <laughs> right. of things are so, there's a million, like, vulture and, like, BuzzFeed things, like, so, I think there's an MTV list about that by written by a friend of the podcast. Well, probably yeah. not in 2020. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, no, okay. it's, it's good going. <laughs> yeah. So I hope that you guys can maybe pick up on some some new hot takes on Home Alone. For sure. Some nuance sure. of Home Alone. I get you. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I, I think we can have fun with it. I mean, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's a classic. I think we can talk about Christmas movies overall. I, I think there's yeah. plenty to talk about with Home Alone. Yeah, I think I think we would have fun with it. I I do, um, and I think we'll find something interesting to talk about. Maybe you could talk a little bit. Catherine O'Hara, she's had like a real renaissance. In the she's past. freaking amazing, and yeah. I love her. And I she's be been happy. very good in a couple movies that we've already done as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Waiting for Guffman and Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Taylor, you can still nominate something because we only have two movies nominated to the finals, even though we pretty much already figured out what we're doing. Um. Okay, I'll pick Bad Bombs Christmas. Okay, yeah. you really sold Bad Bombs Christmas. <laughs> That's like you're, you're bringing like the you're bringing like the the zero vote finalist to the final three, basically. Yeah. It's like the bringing Gavin. the bringing the new lacunas to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, you know, I guess so. Yeah. If we're gonna do Home Alone, I guess we have a week to figure out what we're gonna do with Home Alone. Um yes. And you know, I think like we don't think we have to put a ton of pressure on ourselves. But if anybody has an idea for like what would be a fun <laughs> spin on Home Alone, you could let us know, but I can really talk about it and see where it goes. I wonder if there's some, like, YouTube cut of, like, Home Alone as a horror movie or something. Uh, (laughs) Well, there is a theory, which we'll get into next week, which I've not heard anybody talk about on any podcast, but there is a Home Alone theory. There's your your angle. Definitely. That could lead to... And I guess we will save Goodfellas. Maybe Goodfellas will come up as a connection next week. We won't officially nominate Goodfellas. Um... But, you know, we like to see movies that match the season as well, right? We did a whole lot of scary movies during October, so we're in December. We should do some festive movies. Why not? Why not? I I definitely feel like it's time for us to leave Harassment November behind. (laughs) Yeah, really Harassment (laughs) Harassment November. We can definitely leave Workplace workplace November behind. Yeah, I, I feel like there's probably a better pun than harass Vember, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> For now, no we're, we're, 
Yeah, no, 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 uh, December of yes. uh, December to remember. So, um, all right. So next week, our movie that we picked after a lot of discussion and debate, it is Home Alone. It was not just suggested by me. It was suggested by Olin, who did not watch Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, but it still was suggested by him. Uh, also by Kyle mm-hmm. and by me as well. Sure, Kyle. Um, Brendan, you called it when I said I had a movie that I said, we're I, definitely going to do this movie. You said it's Home Alone. Yeah, because I, I know how your brain works. <laughs> Yeah. I've known you for 11 years now. <laughs> um, I do. I think I watch Home Alone every Christmas. Yeah. Um, it is one of You and Christmas. 90% of the world. I know. Yeah. It's very unique. Um, yep. That's, that's okay. actually going to be, that could be an interesting conversation is what are our most rewatchable holiday movies. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's plenty of stuff yeah. to talk about. We'll talk about it. So, all right. Um, all right, right so we're going to wrap this up. Um, so next week we'll be talking about Home Alone. Where's Home, Home I think Home Alone's streaming on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe. Maybe uh, other places too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, before we wrap up, uh, we didn't do what's the best movie you watched this week. It's on, it's on Disney Plus. I just checked. Yeah. Um, we, we haven't done what is the best thing you watched. Taylor, what are you planning to watch in the next week? Do you have anything on your watch list that you're going to check out? Um, no, um, maybe a, a, a movie, my husband and I have been working through a bunch of kind of random 80s movies that we've seen, haven't seen. So maybe we'll put that risky business on there because I've never seen it. Those or types of movies. Are, or Working Girl, yeah. That's like exactly in the in the realm. Yeah, you could do the reverse movie ladder. You could go from oh, uh, Don't Tell Mom to Working Girl. Yeah. Last week's movie. So, all right, Brendan, how about you? What are you watching? Yeah, so Hillbilly Elegy just dropped on Netflix. Uh, it's a new movie from Ron Howard. Uh, looking forward to checking that out, even though it had a lot of hype behind it, but the reviews haven't been great, but I'm still excited to try to watch it anyway. And then the uh, season finale of Fargo is on Sunday, so I'm excited for that. Oh, yes. Um, you and, your, and your podcast about that. Plug, yes. Should be really good. Um, um, all right. So yeah, for me, uh, I will just say not a movie, but Michigan State basketball comes back Wednesday night. Yeah. So somehow they're going to try to play college basketball in the middle of a pandemic. And uh, if it's on, I'll watch it. So that, I guess that's my what I'm going to watch this week. So um, and we didn't even get into any Thanksgiving stuff. But Taylor, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Stuffing. Brendan? Same. I'm stuffing guy. I love stuffing. Green bean casserole is mine. I have yeah, this great casserole like that Jeff. And Home Alone is your favorite Christmas movie. It's not my favorite, but you'll find out what my favorite Christmas movie is next week, or you can find it on Letterboxd. That list exists. So, uh, Taylor, where can people find you? I, I'm off the grid, so uh, if you need to get in touch with me, you can ask Zach for my uh, email address. Snail mail. You can send yeah. a Christmas card. Yes. Um, all right. Brendan, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at FidzyBrendan or on Letterboxd at BrenFids11. Uh, that's it. All right, and I'm at Brooks ZA on all platforms. The podcast itself is at Ladder Movie on Letterboxd and Twitter. You can also email us, themovieladder at gmail.com. If you want to send in your feedback and next movie connections off of Home Alone, Goodfellas has not been decided, but I am sure you do not need to suggest Goodfellas because it will be on somebody's connection from next week. Um, but let's see. Yeah, let's see what we're going to do in December after Home Alone. So send in those feedback, ratings, everything like that. And Mm -hmm. we will see you in December to start talking about some holiday movies. We're going to talk about Home Alone. See you then. Kevin.